So Suzanne and I, this last week, three days ago, we rented a car in Kichijoji and we drove all the way to Karuizawa, or we tried to drive to Karuizawa. And I used this in an illustration in the services this morning because I was teaching that you need a map for your life. And without a map, it's easy to get lost. So that's what happened to us. We didn't have a map going to Karuizawa, and I didn't know how to use the GPS system built into the car. So we wanted to get there in the daylight hours, but we actually got to Karuizawa when it was practically pitch black. And leaving Tokyo, it doesn't matter what time of day you arrive in Tokyo, Tokyo is always bright enough you can see signs and you can see you know, where you're at. But when you come up the pass uh, up into uh, the Karuzawa plateau up there, it is pitch black. There are no lights. It's all trees and you can't see anything. So it took us a while to find a hotel that we could actually stay at. Luckily, you know, on the main drive there, Prince uh, Hotel is there. So I walk into the Prince Hotel and I say, I'd like to check into a room and they say, okay, $1,800. And I said, oh, actually, I want your cheapest room. <laughs> So they said, oh, okay, you can stay in the cottages. And I said, oh, that'll be perfect. How much is that? And they said, well, that's $120 US. So each man nisen, one man, 2,000. And I said, okay, that's perfect. We'll go ahead and stay in the cottage. That sounds cute. We can handle cottages. <laughs> they say, okay, where are your bags? And we say, we have our bags. And they said, okay, great. We'll take you there. And I said, oh, no, we're fine. And they said, no, no, we'll take you to your cottage. So the car drives up in front of the hotel. We climb into the car and they proceed to drive and drive and drive and drive through all these woods. And we're passing hundreds of cottages. But we still have some other Nimotsu in our car that's parked about two and a half kilometers away. We get to our cabin and the cabin number is 865. 865. I didn't know that Prince Hotel actually had that many cabins out there. It may not start at one, but there are definitely hundreds of cabins in there. They're intermingled around the golf course that's in that area up there. And so Suzanne and I get there and we get in our cabin. We check it out. It looks really nice. We check it for hoppers. There's no hoppers anywhere. We call the hoppers the kamado umamushi or whatever you call it in Japanese. And the, there was none, so that was good. And then we thought, okay, we need to go eat. We haven't eaten anything all day. It took us a long time to get from Tokyo all the way up to Karuizawa. So now we need to eat. So Suzanne says, well, we don't need to actually go call them up and say, can you pick us up? We can probably walk through the forest and find our way there. <laughs> it's eight o'clock at night and Japanese restaurants usually close at 10. So we have two hours to get there from the cabin to a restaurant in Karuizawa. So Suzanne and I start down the path and we're thinking, okay, this is the direction that we went. And we're walking along the path and you can barely make out anything because the, the fog has set in. There is no lights. And the only lights that, that are on are these maps. And it's like, okay, every corner there's a map. And it's like, okay, that's great. We can use the map. We walk up and it says, you are here. We could see where 865 was and we could now see where we had come. But then it says Deguchi. Well, what Deguchi? What, where? So we're walking out that way and we walk through. All of a sudden we get to a place where there is no map. 
we've gone through about three or four of these things and we get to a place where there's no map and now we come to a fork in the road and we have to decide which way we're going to go. So we take the right way because the right is the best way to go. The fool's heart goes to the left and the wise man goes to the right. So we took the right. Well, we take the right and we end up on a hill and we're looking down over Karuizawa and I'm going, what is that thing? And all of a sudden the cloud lifts and there's the ski jo or the ski lifts right there next to us. And we're looking there going, how in the world did we get here? <laughs> and so then we had to actually walk around and try and find somebody. We found the Prince Hotel shopping area. We got in there, but it was already closed. So all the exits all around the whole thing were all closed off. So we're inside it. And luckily we ran into a guy a Japanese guy who had been to Seattle this year in February for one day and he says he loves Seattle and he spoke English. So we were saved. <laughs> we actually had somebody rescue us and tell us exactly how to get to the Prince Hotel proper so we could find our car and go to eat. We went and were able to get something to eat. We got there at what, 9.15. So we had 45 minutes to eat our food before they close the shop. But all that to say, we need to have a map for our lives. Otherwise, we're just lost souls. And that's what we see out in the world today is just lost souls. And in chapter three, James is talking about people that stumble in many ways. Well, we certainly did that. We not only stumbled going to Karuzawa, we not only stumbled going from our cabin to the restaurant, but we also stumbled on our way coming home from Karuizawa to Tokyo, and that's a totally different story. <laughs> and I got to watch my tongue, because that's what we're talking about today. But first, the ways that we stumble, I want to just go back and kind of cover some of these things. I talked about these in the Japanese messages this morning. So this is James chapter 1, um, 22 and 23. And this is just a refresher. The, the points that I was making was that there's three different ways that we can stumble according to James' illustration. And those three ways are number one is that we can be hypocrites. And the, the word for hypocrite in Japanese is gizen shots. Actually, um, it's made up of uh, three kanjis. So gi, zen, and sha. But this gi word or kanji is illustrated by a person standing next to advantage. You may have heard in the Japanese language the word tame, jibun no tame ni. You know, I do it for myself, or you're doing it for some purpose or for an advantage. The person standing next to the advantage is a counterfeit person. Gizen in Japanese is the word for hypocrisy. And that is a person that is standing next to advantage, essentially, but doing good. They're pretending to do good. When do we ever see that? We see that on Instagram all the time, right? You see hashtag love, hashtag kindness. Well, what are we doing? We're walking an old lady across the road, right? And we're doing a good deed. And what do we do? We do a selfie with the old lady smiling and we post it on Instagram and say hashtag kindness. Well, that's option number one. We can live that way if we want to. That's a way we can live, but that's, according to God, that's, that's a way to actually stumble and not make it to heaven. A second way that we can choose, according to James, is he tells the story about the rich person. 
and he says that the rich person should glory in the fact that all their riches are going to be gone and that they can stand on the word of the Lord. Because as the flower fades, the word of the Lord lives forever. So even though all your riches are gone, you can stand on God's word. Well, for a person that's chasing their own dream, if you put a person next to dream, that's the word in Japanese for fleeting. It disappears really quickly. So you can choose a life that is full of hypocrisy and live that way all your life and feel good inside that you've done some good deed, but you've blasted it out to everyone and you've stumbled in God's eyes. You can create a dream and try and follow that dream and chase that, but that's going to be a fleeting thing. It's going to disappear. That also doesn't get you anywhere in, in God's eyes. You're stumbling there as well. But what we discovered in chapter one uh, a couple weeks ago was that the man who stands by God's word, that person actually is a true believer. That person is actually living their life out the way that God wants them to live their life out. So we need to actually now read James chapter 3, verse 1. I'm just going to read a few verses here. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Yikes. We all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Okay, I got to stop here because I had a good, well, it wasn't good, but I had a, an experience. Was it yesterday? We shared with the Japanese ladies. That was yesterday, right? Mm -hmm. So before that, I had a chance to speak to some Americans, I think, right, at their house. But during that conversation, they had asked me to come and share some Japanese kanji that would be related to American business. And, and that would be like, you know, terms that American business people are using, like ikigai or uh, wabi-sabi or kaizen or, or these kinds of different terms. My expertise is I am a business person. I own my own business. But where I spend most of my time reading kanji is from God's word. So I'm not reading it in the context of business. But we had an interesting conversation nonetheless. But one fellow that was in the conversation, he brought up a point that I am very strong about. And I won't mention what the point is and I won't tell you who the person is. But my goodness, I could just feel it whelming up inside me. I was going to plow into this and I was going to nail this person to the wall and I was going to let him have it. But, and I did partially started going that route. But thankfully, the lady that had invited us to the house, she says, actually, this is not the conversation I would like us to have can we go back to the kanji? And it's like, oh man, I'm so glad. Thank you that this angel is here to save me from myself. Because the tongue, it's a really tricky thing to navigate. It is so hard to, to control. I mean, I'm emotional because it's, it's, it really struck me yesterday. What a great example of how even I can fall on a daily basis. It's just incredible. I want to live my life the way that would be pleasing to God, but I stumble all the time. I try to fill my heart with his word, but there are still things in my heart. I've got crazy 
Kentisms on, and uh, not that Kent, but this Kent here. Um, and so for me, it was really good to see. I've heard this phrase before that a preacher always preaches best what they need to learn most. <laughs> Apparently, I need to do that. But reading James chapter 3, before I came to Japan, we live on a farm. We're lucky and blessed to be living on a farm that's a 100-acre farm. And a 100-acre farm has dogs and cats and horses and, and farm growth material on it. And so when I was reading through James and he's talking about this, I, we just have to read this because this is just so crazy. It's almost crazy talk to me. Indeed, from verse chapter three, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us and we turn their whole body. Well, I don't know if, how many people have actually ridden a horse. I mean, like ridden a horse. Okay, so I've ridden a horse. We have horses and I put the bit in the horse's mouth and I sit on it and sure, I can turn the horse, I can get the horse to go forward, I can get the horse to stop, but it is not at my will. Even though this horse is completely trained to do amazing things, to jump over walls, to do all kinds of things, I cannot control it. So I'm not sure what James is talking about here. Only an expert can handle this. Maybe that's what he's talking about as far as the tongue. Only an expert can manage the tongue. Let's look at this fourth verse. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Again, Suzanne's father has a very large yacht and he can control that yacht by just very fine movements, just little tiny, tiny, tiny movements. And he can get that rudder to do all kinds of things and get the boat to turn around and adjust the power left and right. And I've tried it myself too, but guess what? My father-in-law will not let me park the boat. Why? Because I don't have the skill to maneuver that rudder. Even though the rudder can maneuver the boat, I don't have the skill for it. So while I have a tongue and can talk, while I have a bit that I can put in a horse's mouth, while I have a rudder to guide a boat, I don't have the skills to actually do it properly. Because the same person that enters a storm in a ship you can have two people, two sailors enter a storm with the same ship, same rudder, but if their skills are different, one can actually navigate through the storm and another one's gonna end up on the rocks. That's me. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. In the United States, we've been having a lot of fire problems. In Northern California last year, I think it was, we had three or four fires and the smoke from those fires went all the way up to Washington state and covered it so thick that we couldn't see from our house to our barn. And that distance is probably, I don't know, hundred meters, but we couldn't see the barn from that distance. It was so thick, but those fires, those fires weren't started by F-35 bombers coming in and blowing up thousands of acres of forest. Those fires were started by a car fire or by just a little fire that was hit some lines and started a spark and it just took off. That's the way the tongue is. The tongue, James is saying, is describing this as, you just say one thing, man alive. It can actually turn into your worst nightmare, which is what was happening to me yesterday. I was experiencing that one little thing. 
I just say it and all of a sudden it becomes the biggest forest fire. And if that lady as an angel wasn't there, who knows what would have happened? It's just, thank God for that lady. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire by hell. That's strong language, but that's the way the entire world operates. In business, I can't tell you how many business meetings I've been in where the business meeting could have gone well. I'm talking about Microsoft. I'm talking about at Epson America, not Epson Japan, but Epson America and Microsoft America. People are using foul language and they attack each other. And it's just simple suggestions, simple ways that we can go, but it becomes a massive nightmare. And then you have to have people come in and moderate the meeting sometimes. That's how hot-headed developers are. They're crazy people. And this is the verse that I didn't understand when I was at home. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But I have a dog, his name is Brody. He's 10 months old and I've trained him to, I can tell him down and he'll go down. I can say stay and he'll stay. And I can say come. And then I say come. Uh, okay, we're working on that one yet. Um, <laughs> sometimes he comes. Um, so I'm not sure if I've actually know how to tame even a domestic dog. But what he's talking about here is really amazing. He's saying every kind of beast and bird and reptile and creature of the sea. I remember as a kid, I got a little goldfish at the school fair carnival and it was in a little plastic bag and the little fish was in there. And so my mom, I think, had a little uh, glass vase or vase or vase or whatever, you, however you say that word. And I put it in there, poured the water in there, and we had these little flakes. And so we'd put the flakes in and the fish would swim to the top. So I was training it, right? I had tamed the fish so that it would look at me. I could put my finger over here, it would go over to the finger. Then I'd drop the little flakes in and it would swim to the top. I don't think that's what he's talking about here because that's not really taming a goldfish. A goldfish has about three seconds of attention span. <laughs> but when you go to something like the aquariums, uh, Notohanto, my wife and I and our kids, we went out to the aquarium out there. We saw the dolphin show. And the Japanese trainers had trained these dolphins to do amazing tricks like flipping around in the air several times or swimming in one direction, swimming the other direction and chasing each other and doing all kinds of amazing things. Well, that's the kind of thing that James is talking here. So in Israel, did they have shows like that? They went out to the seashore and they saw people training whales or they got on boats. And I mean, I'm not really sure exactly what he's talking about, but clearly he is saying that man at that time was able to train animals even in the sea. That's pretty phenomenal. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father and with it we curse men 
who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. In our Christian lives, we always have three options for us. We have an option to live for ourselves and speak for ourselves and put things into our heart that's only to fill our own needs. We have an option to help other people, but then boast about that and tell others boasting about our own good deeds that we're doing. Or we have a choice to actually live by God's word every single day. And when we were in chapter one, we saw an illustration of this truth kanji associated with the word signal in Japanese, shingo, which is the stoplight. And the stoplight has three signals to it. It has stop and caution and go. And for us as Christians, we need to have God's word hidden in our hearts so much so that it becomes our conscience. It helps us, it indicates to us when we're supposed to listen to what God wants us to say, when we have the okay to be cautious, but talk to someone about very sensitive things, because that's going to happen in the church, right? We're gonna to have to talk about sensitive stuff and we are given permission to do so, but that's a yellow. That's a clear yellow from God. Make sure at every step we watch our tongues so that we don't injure one another. And then there's the green where it's just, go for it, enjoy life, share my word with others. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh water. What he's saying at this point is he's saying, I gave you an illustration of animals that can be tamed. Sure, some animals aren't tamed. Some animals are tamed by experts. But now he's giving us a clear example. He's saying, you know what? There is never going to be a fig tree that's going to bear olives. He's saying you don't have the option of doing these bad things. This shouldn't ever be. You should never, ever have these evil things coming out of your heart. But can we live up to God's commands? Can we, by our own strength, be able to, and our own actions, actually find God's approval? No. The only way that we can do this is through faith in Jesus Christ and have his covering over us. We are going to fail. And we're going to have to ask forgiveness from one another. We're going to have to ask God's forgiveness. It's a lifestyle that we have to accept. We are fallen beings. And this tongue is something that God gave us, but it's a fallen part of our body. And it devours so many things. But what James is saying in verse 12 is that we should be looking towards making sure that every day we try to strive for living by God's word, living explicitly by what he wants us to say and how he wants us to act. Jesus says, I never say anything except for what the Father tells me to say right? So isn't that the way we should be? If he's our example, then that's what we should be like. I failed that way yesterday. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. Now, I'm sure many of you have watched uh, Hollywood movies 
I'm not going to point fingers or accuse anyone here, but I am going to confess that I've watched 007 movies, James Bond. Now, James is a book that is written by a person that is James, a bond servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is godly wisdom, but there's also worldly wisdom. And that worldly wisdom is James Bond. James Bond, Bond, James Bond, right? James Bond wisdom, what is that? James explains it explicitly what James Bond wisdom is. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. Doesn't that describe James Bond to a T? That's James Bond wisdom. Verse 16, for where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. And now James is describing James, a bondservant of God wisdom. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. I got to experience that yesterday. That was awesome. Loved it. It hurt, actually, during the time it was happening, but afterwards it was a great experience to go through. And we did make up afterwards. It was really good. But what I want to show right now is the kanji for wisdom in Japanese because it is so perfectly describes wisdom that is described here in James. Wisdom is made up of two kanji in Japanese. It's chie. Chie, the first part is to know or to understand. The second part is grace. But the amazing thing about the word grace, to know grace, that is exactly what James is describing here. Grace is one of these things that is not brash and self-seeking and, and demonic and, and earthly. Grace is something that is full of meekness and you can just see it here. It's gentle, it's willing to yield, it's full of mercy and good fruits. Isn't that what grace is? But what is the grace kanji drawn up like? The grace Chinese character is written with a cross that is deeply embedded in our thoughts. So when we think about grace, when we consider the cross, when we think about what God has done for us, that is grace for us. Hebrews 12, 2 and 3. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him. Think about him. Think about what he did in verse 2 who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. We need this kind of wisdom in the church. We need wisdom that comes from God's grace. Deeply embedding the cross, the thoughts of what Christ did on the cross in our own minds. The idea of the cross being embedded in our thoughts is such a great illustration for 
not only Americans to see a Japanese kanji, but I've been able to share this kanji with Japanese people and they're, even though they understand that the stroke order is different, they can actually see the parts and pieces and it, and it illustrates for them how I see my faith in Christ. So it's just something that I've really enjoyed using as a tool for sharing the gospel. Let me go back to the kanji one back here. I just want to briefly touch on this one here as we close. This kanji here is the word for talk, to talk, and it is made up of two parts, the word and our tongue. So when we talk every day with people out there in our daily lives, to business people, to our family members, we should remember this kanji. The word, as we had mentioned before, that word is who? That word is Jesus. If we have Jesus standing by our tongues, we're going to be careful and cautious on how we talk. We're going to be careful and cautious in how we talk to our neighbors. We're going to be careful and cautious how we talk to church members. We're going to be careful and cautious how we present the gospel to others. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer. <laughs> Thank you.